This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086-2103-103. And Peter Dowd of the IrishGardener.com uh, joining us. Uh, good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well. And uh, we have a lot of questions in. It's, it's a my imagination or is this kind of a busy time in the garden? There's a lot of cleaning up and cutting back and... Getting it ready, is a busy isn't? time. Yeah. It is a busy time, and I suppose every season is busy, depending on how, how busy you want to be. But like this, in the garden, you're always really thinking a season ahead. What you're what you're enjoying now is always the the, the fruits, if you like, of, of previous seasons and previous years' labors. So, like the things you're doing now, are you're planting bulbs, you're cutting back perennials, you're cutting back shrubs, pruning apple trees. Plus, of course, what you said there, you're you're kind of cleaning up and tidying up anything that might be on paths or patios, things like that. So yeah, it's a busy time because you're preparing yeah. for next spring. I always think this is the time that the garden is almost going to sleep, but it's um, but with a lot of there's a lot of leaf drop, obviously. So and they can be really slippy and dangerous. So it is important that you get out and clean up all the leaves. Yeah, but don't dump them. The, the, I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but don't dump those leaves. Those leaves and leave them if they're falling on your shrub beds or flower beds onto the soil. Leave them because uh, don't think that. Uh, uh, tidy in inverted commas is necessarily good. No, it's not. If leave them and they'll break down into the soil. And even the ones that you sweep up off paths and patios, either throw them directly onto your beds or into the compost bin, or just fill a compostable refuse sack with them, leave them for 12 months, tie it, and, and leave them for 12 months. They'll break down even anaerobically, and you will have a bag full of deep... Well, of course, it'll reduce the size quite a lot, but you will have a bag full of the... You know, really, I mean, this the best soil conditioner that you can get for the garden. And even if the leaves are all wet and a bit slimy? Well, it doesn't and... matter at all. Throw them all in. They break down over 12 months. Okay. Or that's if you want to put them in a bag or else just add them to the compost bin or into the beds. Do take them off the lawn. Don't leave yeah. them on your grass and take them off paths, as you say, where they're too dangerous. Well, I, I was I was compost. out doing that uh, yesterday because the lawn is just, I couldn't even see the grass. It, it was so covered. Now, I'm lucky I've got one of those green bins that my bin company take away but I, I I filled it and I have I still have more so I might do that trick put them in just a plain black plastic bag Well yeah well, you can get the compostable ones you know the compostable Oh yeah I do yeah. I have some of those yeah. in the shed I do indeed Get, the, get them and uh, fill your fill, fill it with, with the leaves yeah leave it for tie it, tie it and throw it in a corner where you don't notice it uh, and Next summer, you will have a lovely, crumbly compost to add to the soil. Okay. All right. Straight into questions. Uh, Mary, hi. And actually, there's a couple of people who are asking a similar question. Could you ask Peter, when is the best time to cut back roses, please? You have any time realistically from now till the end of, uh, the end of February, so before the, before the new growth starts next spring. But um, 
I'd like to leave them, leave them alone for now because you get to enjoy the flowers in them. But if we are going to get very windy weather and if they're tall and lanky, they will be prone to, to root rock. So in other words, <coughs> excuse me, if, the, if there's a lot over the ground and if they're blowing in the wind, that's not ideal for their root system. So if it's, leave the flowers on them and the next, let's say the next storm that's forecast, go and cut them just before that. But they're not too exposed to the wind. Okay, but you don't have to worry about cutting them back with frost or anything? Not in the no. least. No, they're hardy as anything and they'll flower away. The frost will probably put pay to the flowers or, or heavy frost will anyway. But um, you, you, there's no rush to cut them back at all between now and the end of February, except, as I say, just from the wind. OK, um, Michael in Bantry. I have two window boxes full of winter pansies. They got a bit tattered by the wind and the rain. Uh, should I replace them, says Michael, or will they recover? You know, if it's just a bit tattered, I'd say to Michael, just deadhead them and pinch them back a bit and they'll come on fine. They will, I mean, they're resilient, even though they, they look very pretty and delicate. They're actually tough as old boots and they're, they're one of the best for flowers I love them as flowers the winter pansies um, but if it's a bit more than that or if there's any black spot or yellow spots on the leaf well that's a fungal problem that's a fungal infection that's caused from getting too wet that they won't recover from that so if it's just a bit of as I say the flowers are a bit bedraggled looking I'd leave well alone they'll be fine but if you see any black or yellow on the leaf any sign of that whip them out immediately Hi Peter how do you get rid of switch grass that's taking over my flower beds that's from Marie if I knew I'd be a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, if I knew how to do it easily, I'd be a millionaire. Um, it, it really, the, the, the only thing you can do is get, get down and dirty with it, I'm afraid. You've got to get down there on your hands and knees with a, a trowel and a hand fork and just dig it out. There is no magic wand for it, I'm afraid. And it is a curse. It, it, it travels everywhere. It tends out it's stolen or it's runner and every, everywhere it touches the ground, it produces more roots. So, you you know, it can travel metres in a year. Um but I'm afraid the only way to, to control it is hand weeding. Great exercise for you there, Marie. Yeah, well, it's great uh, therapy. Yeah, great therapy. Uh, Betty in Bandon. I have a camellia. I had a camellia growing in a pot. It went two feet high and then I decided to set it out into the ground. But I now think I've planted it in the wrong place. So is it safe to move it now or should I leave it and move it at another time of the year? It depends. It doesn't say wh- uh, wh- how recently she planted it, does it? No. It sounds like recently, though, that just from the mm. raising of the question, it sounds like she's only done it this year. So if you've only done it this year, I, I would say you're fine to move it. Like the, it, the root system will still realistically be within its own root ball. It won't have made much contact with the soil yet, depending on when you planted it. So if it's more than a year or so, it, it will certainly have made contact with the soil. And you need to be more careful. If it's only in the last few months, it'll probably come out just the same as you planted it. Uh, so it'll be fine to move it in that situation. If it's more established, I would probably wait. Okay, the weather is getting cold now, which is what we want from this point of view. So, Camellia, I'd probably wait till it's really co- a bit colder. I'd wait till January. Do it during the month of January if it's anyway established. Okay. Somebody looking for advice on planting garlic. Is there a particular garlic for setting? And what is the best type of soil to grow garlic in? There's, there is, yes, you, you, you do want, want to get, it's a bit like your onion set, you get garlic sets, but they're, they're not sets, of course, they're little individual cloves, and they'll all develop into bulbs. But yeah, the, and the reason you'd buy them, you could plant your own garlic from the kitchen, absolutely, but the reason you'd buy uh, the, the, the ones in the, in the garden centres is because at least you're getting your certified disease-free, uh, and they'll be, they'll be developed for growing your own. So you'll get, probably get better results, but there's nothing to say you couldn't grow your own as well. Um, the best soil is wants to be very, very warm and very, very free-draining. 
so maybe Spain or Portugal or Italy. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you can't guarantee the heat here, but you can do what you are. You, you must do whatever you can to, to ensure it's, it's well drained. So uh, put a good bit of grit into the soil. Leave the top of the, the garlic just, I would say, just touching the soil surface. It's always a fine line. You don't want it too exposed because it's, it's available to birds and the birds will peck it out. Uh, but you don't want it buried too deep either. Okay, Noreen says, is it too late to prune back hedge, hedging? It's of the palm tree variety. Should I wait until the spring? Where are we now? November? No, it's not too No, It's far from too late. It might even be too early. Uh, you, know, you could cut your palm trees back in November. Sorry. Sorry, I'm talking out. I'm thinking out loud, Trish, as we go. Okay. I would wait. No, I would wait actually until the spring. I wouldn't cut them back now. I would wait till kind of February or very early spring, late winter, early spring. Because we're coming into the growing season as opposed to as you put it earlier on as opposed to the garden going to sleep so I would wait till kind of end of February and cut it back then and just on the garlic in fact at the risk of upsetting all his millions of fans uh, Monty Don somebody was talking to me recently that they had followed Monty Don's advice on planting garlic which was to plant it quite deep I think he said this either in one of his newspaper articles or on Gardener's World uh, and he was saying to plant garlic quite deep and I would disagree with him and uh, far be it for me to disagree with Monty Don there's millions switching off the radio station as we speak but um, I wouldn't so if you did hear him say that or read him say that I, I actually be honest with you I actually think he possibly made a mistake or there was a misprint or something I wouldn't plant garlic too deep Okay uh, here's, here's one of these lovely ones with advice Jude this is on our Twitter account it says Hi Peter uh, if you wanted to plant if you wanted to plant in pots medium and large size pots what trees would you recommend that are low maintenance but would also help the environment So if you wanted to plant small trees in pots Yeah medium pots and large pots Okay well I, if you see I, I, I will answer the question. I will get to it, but <laughs> it, it, I suppose it depends on on medium and large pots. Do you know what I mean? So, like all trees, nearly well, not all trees, but most trees will survive in a pot if it's a big enough pot. If they have big enough root room, but it just depends on what you call medium and what you call large. Yeah, what's large to me could be different to you. Yeah, exactly, but you, you can exactly. get huge, big ceramic pots. You can. Yeah. You can. Yeah. Um, I would look at if it's a sheltered garden and if it's if it's not it's sheltered from the wind now I mean look at something like growing the Japanese maples the second part of the question which ones would be good for the environment quite simply any of them any of them would be good for the environment um so look at maybe Japanese maples because they look very well in a pot if the pot's big enough you could look at, at things like willow and mountain ash uh which will survive in a pot long term um holly I know we planted a holly or you planted a holly outside your your studio yeah. last year Hollies will do well in pots as well. Really, there's loads, there's loads of them. And the only thing is, now this isn't totally relevant to the question, but I, I know RT are thankfully highlighting the, the climate issue on television at the moment. But I was watching a bit of it last night. Though I did switch off, so maybe it's changed. But they were, they were, they had somebody on from forest, some forestry group, and they were talking about the benefits of the Sitka spruce forest. Um, and I was a bit annoyed to see it, really, because when you're mass planting a Sitka spruce, it's not that beneficial, particularly if it's grown as a cash crop, because then it's all it's all chopped down in a few years and it releases a lot of carbon. But it's when you're plant, the reason I bring it up now is plant a selection. And if you're plant, if you are, and I know this caller is planting in pots, but try and plant a selection instead of all the one, and then you'll you'll you know then you're increasing more biodiversity. You're increasing the biodiversity. And when, try and go with the native Irish ones. And go, go with the native Irish, because when you're planting one. Uh, let's say you're planting 10 pots in this situation, if it's all the one tree, it'll attract the same insects, whereas more of them will, will sustain more insect life and more animal life. And it's the same is true in the forest. Uh, mass planting of one species is never good. 
So it should always be, I would go for, for, for selection of variety. So maybe some mountain ash, holly, Japanese maples, and they'll all appeal to different wildlife. That's good, that's good advice. Somebody wants to know, what's Peter's view on real Christmas trees? The cutting mm-hmm. down of, you've got to be well, against I, that, are you? I, I, I suppose it's just irrelevant to what I was just saying. I've always found it, ever since I was a small child, I found it, uh, I don't want to be bad humbug, I love Christmas, I love the whole thing about it. It's far too early, I think, now. But anyway, uh, I have always found it an obscene tradition to chop down millions of trees for use as an ornament for a couple of weeks, yeah. and then we just throw them out. And it is, when you stop and think about it, of course it is an obscene tradition. I still do it, Trish. I, wow. I hasten to add. I have a, a, a Christmas tree in my house. Uh, I don't yet, but I will have. A I real one. Without it. So, I mean, that leaves me in a contradiction that uh, I do find it obscene, but I still love it. Um, I love the idea, and I think this is probably what the caller is asking, uh, you can get living Christmas trees, so you can get them in your garden centre where they're growing in a pot, uh, and you can bring them into the house for the couple of weeks. Just make sure you're not putting them too near the, the open fire or the radiator because you'll damage the plant. Uh, <clears throat> but you can get them growing in pots, move them in for the Christmas period, and then put them back outside. It's a terrific again. idea. If you're it's, not it's chopping a, down a tree every year. It's a terrific idea. Okay, that's where we we wrap it up uh, for today. For today, Thank you for that. Have you a busy week? Uh, I have a busy week, and I just want to give a shout-out very quickly. I unfortunately don't have all the information in front of me, but okay. the Friends of Marymount Hospice, uh, which is a cause I care deeply about, as you know. Uh, they are organising a Christmas floral demonstration, uh, and I'm afraid I don't have all the details as, as regards who's giving the demonstration. It was sent to me, but of course I don't have it in front of me. It's on uh, Wednesday, the 20th of November, in Oriel House. That's uh, this uh, nice week. Yes, and okay. I've been to these before, and I'm, I'll hopefully be there again this year as a, as a paying guest, not as a speaker. Okay. Um, but, but they're fantastic, they're entertaining, and they, they're get so much from it. It's a floral demonstration in aid of Marymount on an Oriel House next Wednesday. Okay. Uh, for If you do want details, I know, just get on to the house. And we, we, we'll remind House. listeners again next Wednesday. Well, right. be, I, imagine, I imagine it'll be sold out, Trish. Okay, good yeah. to hear. Alright, Pete, thank, thank you for that. Thank and uh, thanks for joining us. That is uh, Peter Dowdle at theirishgardener.com This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.